man, this is just, it's just a moment that's, it's really beyond a jump scare because it deadens your soul. (laughs) The horse, the horse, that scared the shit out of me. (laughs) If you peed, that's an effective jump scare. I think we have a new bar. Welcome, Fright Clubbers. This is Fright Club Live. We are live on Vimeo, taping our latest podcast. I'm Hope Madden. And I'm George Wolf. And we've got a topic tonight that's going gonna, gonna to bring out a lot of good comments. I and, think so. Yeah, and a, and a lot of questions. And it should be a lot of fun because we're talking about jump scares. Which, as we've mentioned about 300,000 times, George is not a big fan. He's very critical. He's very critical and picky about the jump scares, yeah. just like you are about audio, <laughs> which is why we're talking in a microphone so that George gets the audio that he wants for the podcast that'll be live on Monday. That's right. I'm an audio snob and <laughs> I was, we're, we're starting out and my nose is already out of joint because she called these microphones, what'd you call them? Schwins? <laughs> she called this a Schwinn. No, it's an electro voice RE20. But uh, yes, I do. I, I, I find they're so often done lazily, Yeah. And, but like anything else, if they're done right, they can be very effective. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah, and we're talking about the ones done right tonight. But first off, we got to say thank you so much. Last time, the last Fright Club, we welcomed our guests, our buddies, Jen Dreadful and Phantom Dark Dave. And we talked about another thing I don't like. <laughs> yeah, you really don't like. We talked about trauma. And that was super fun, partly because Jen and Dave are massive, massive trauma fans and had a lot to bring to the table. And I also am a big trauma fan, and George is decidedly not. See, already we're like two minutes into this, and I'm just the crabby old guy. <laughs> if I stood up, you'd probably see me wearing plaid shorts, black socks, and sandals. It's and at true. some point in this podcast, I will tell people to get off my lawn. That last part is possible. <laughs> I'm not the biggest trauma fan. I'm not a fan at all, no. really. But it was great to hear you guys, because you guys are trauma fans. Mm-hmm. You know all about it. I don't. I'd only seen one of them, I think. And you were geeking out, and that was fine. I know yeah. a lot of people are right there with you, so it was it was fun to do. Yeah, it was a fun podcast to record. Of course, Jen and Dave are great, so we always love to have them on. And it got some good feedback. Seth, who has a massive Twitter following, so the whole Seth family, his horror fam, they all were digging on the trauma. They're big trauma fans to begin with. And I think a lot of people had never seen... I think it was Jen's number yeah. one, Terra Firmer. Right. So so we got the word out on that one. And best of luck making it through it. No, I'm just kidding. If you're a trauma <laughs> fan, it's right up your alley. If you're not, maybe start with Toxic Avenger and yeah. just test the waters. That was her number one, but it didn't make your list at all, right? Did so not. You're not. Well, then we only did five. Yeah. <laughs> but the, yeah, that was that was good. Thank you for uh, to Jen and Dave for joining in. And now we move on to Jump Scares. And this was one, do we think Pint of Joe? Pint of Joe? No, it's not Pint of Joe. Pint of Joe. Pint of Joe. Yeah, and actually not for jump scares. That wasn't her idea. Oh. No, but she has another great idea, and that's the thing, is we may just have to let Pint of Joe determine all of our topics from now on, because the one she's recommended this time is Dollhouses. Okay. So uh, dollhouses, that, might be, that might be coming up. Dollhouses are creepy. Dolls are creepy. Yeah. I think somewhere on the... Do we still have that, that book about creepy-ass dolls? We do have. And it, yeah, that's, the, that's what it's titled. If you ever come across a book called Creepy-Ass Dolls, buy it. It's hilarious. They are. They are really, really creepy. Well, I know the jump scares, we, we arrived at this topic from a Twitter poll, right? We did. And we may do that again after this to see what the next live... So was this the overwhelming winner? It kind of was. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't doubt that. Yeah. Jump scares are fun when they're done right. Right. And 
fuzzy math. Wow. Yeah. This was a common core fuzzy. This one, we have 10. Yeah. 10. Well, <laughs> when we started thinking about it, it made sense because we're not going to be talking about the in, the entire movie. Right. We're, we're gonna not going to be gonna talking dig about deep. Yeah, one jump scare in it. So I think we have time to appreciate it, drink it in, the fermentation of it, <laughs> the full bouquet, mm-hmm. and uh, take your comments and, and Indeed, move on. it was your idea. To do 10. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I told you we had, I had like, I don't know, 14 or 15, and you said, well, we could do more than, but we could, mm-hmm. and you're the one. You allowed it. So, l- so later when I'm editing this, I'm going to be yelling at myself. That's right. Yeah, that is but, correct. Uh, not so, me. So if you haven't guessed, though, there will, there will be spoilers. Yes. Ten of them. Twelve, actually. <laughs> well, some of the jump scares are not really the pivotal twist in the movie. No, but we're giving but away some, a big but scare. Some are. Yeah. You want to jump right in? Yes. And this was actually, what was the original, uh, when we first started paring these down, it was what, like about 25 or so? There was a lot. Yeah, there was a lot, yeah. I'm trying to think of the exact number, but but there were definitely were a lot. And we're going to name a couple. And the other thing, so, the, I mean, the, the image that we use, of course, is one of my favorite jump scares of all time, yeah. Large Marge. That's a great jump scare because talk about unexpected. Oh, yeah. I remember going to see Pee-wee's Big Adventure in the theater, and the last thing you expect is a big jump scare of some scary claymation face, yeah. like Large Marge Yeah, it scared the shit out of all of us, especially all the little kids in there. We're all like, bah! But, but you, that's not going to make this list, because it's not a horror film. You so said, it is one of my You favorites. said you didn't want to use any image from any of the actual movies we're going to talk about in, right. in any of our posts, so I thought, well, Large Marge is perfect. Right. Everybody loves Large right. Marge. And there's a couple of others, great movie moments from iconic movies that we didn't really think fit a quote-unquote jump scare. Case in point, the end, the big reveal of Psycho. Right. I mean, that's an iconic moment. It is a a shock, but there's so much of a lead-up to it. Once she gets to the basement and slowly she sees the back of Mrs. Bates, and to me, it's it's a great moment. Don't get me wrong, but it's really not a a jump scare. Well, there is going to be, I mean, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of options to choose from to sift through, and there are going to be a handful that don't make this that, People might be irritated by, and it's funny. There was one I had on the list for a long time, and then I finally, when I when we had to zero in on ten, I had to give it up because it's not a horror film at all. But it, it again, it, it scared the shit out of me. That hobo behind the dumpster <laughs> in Mulholland Drive. I remember just being like, ah, "Whoa, my god!" Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, and then another one that actually almost made the list. You vetoed it, which kind of surprised me. Sloth. From Seven. Yeah. When he finally starts moving, because you, of all of the kills in Seven, Sloth bothered you the most. Yeah, it's not that I vetoed it. I just, when you have to start cutting down to to 10, it's definitely a good jump scare. It is definitely a jump scare. But uh, I just, you have to, as they say, kill your darlings. You do. And that one just fell off the list. And actually, you know, it's funny. The the, the one, the jump scare in a recent film that actually made us for the first time discuss doing this as a topic, that didn't make the list. And that was Invisible Man. Yeah. When she's, when she's peeking down from the from the uh, uh, right. attic. The attic, yeah. That's a great jump great, scare. And one of, the reasons, one of the many reasons uh, I love that movie so much because when you do have a, a, a natural distrust, I guess, of jump scares, like I do, when you see one done right, it just makes it that much more yeah. fun. And I was already having fun with that movie anyway. Oh, yeah. And it just made me love it even more. So, yeah, that one, that one was a really good one uh, from a recent film. But let's get into it. Our 10. Yep. Very fuzzy math of our favorite jump scares. And number 10 is just from a few years ago, from 2014, The Tall Man at the Door from It Follows. Mom, is that you? No, it's me. Yara? Yeah. 
Don't open the door. See? Everything's okay. Oh, man. That's, that's a great one. Uh, we love that movie anyway. Yes. But the first thing you think of, would that have been as scary if he wasn't a giant? No. No. It, no, I mean, I'm sure that they could have come up with something else, but the fact that he has to stoop the way he does to get in that door is just oh. terrifying. But, you know, they do that so well throughout that whole movie is whatever the demon looks like, you're, you know, is there a naked man on top of the roof? And <laughs> has that woman peed her pants? The, what the, and the little kid is creepy. Yeah. You know, the way they change what the demon looks like is forever just terrifying, but that's the moment right there. Yeah. It's set up so well, and it also, because he dwarfs the door frame. Yeah. And it's just like this, you can't hold him. This house can't hold him. This He's going to bust right through. It makes it so scary. And I, I just actually found out in doing research for this podcast, the guy's name uh, who played the tall man, who's very tall, Mike Lanier. Uh, he's He was seven foot seven. And he oh just, my God. Yeah. And he just recently died. Well, recently, about four years ago, he passed away. Oh. And part of it was due to cancer, but part of it was due to the uh, glandular problem he had that made him grow so tall. Mm -hmm. And he's actually a twin, if you can believe that. So there's his, his brother, I think, is still alive, but seven foot seven. That's insane. But man, cuts such a frightening figure. And it also because you're, you're far enough into the movie that your, your eyes are already looking for things. Yeah. You're darting around. Who is it? Where, yeah. are, are they coming? Are they? But instead of slowly, slowly coming, boom, he's right there and he's gigantic. Mm -hmm. And man. That's a good one. It is. It's a great one. We got a comment from Tom. Hi, Tom, who is guessing that maybe your shirt is a hint. What? <laughs> you like where your head's at, Howard. Nice job. Yes, I think that's a big hint. But which one will it be? Because when we got to that movie, we had to do, you know, there could be a couple to choose from in that movie. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. We are. All right. So let's go to number nine on our jump scares. This is the classic from 1955, Alive in the Tub. From Diabolique. That affected a my mom right. as, as a young 25-year-old moviegoer at the time. She has always remarked that one scared her as much as any scene in any movie. Yep. People just <laughs> people just lost it because up to then. You you yeah. don't you not only do you not know the twist, no. but you think he's dead. You and do. then he's got those. He's got those yeah. contacts in yeah, that he then he gonna, takes out yeah. and yeah it's uh it's really really effective for a classic movie that we showed it was it was our it was our classic uh not not this year but last year and it was a great one to see on a big screen because yeah. it's a beautiful film the Evolique is a, this gorgeous black and white French film and the performances are really good all the way through it and yeah that moment is. Uh, well, I mean, she has a heart attack and dies, right? And <laughs> and it's hard to, I think, to pull that off. And people are like, oh, yes, I think that she would have. But then you're like, oh, yeah, no, totally. She thought he was dead for days in that tub. No way. She, yeah, so uh, it works incredibly well. And it's one of the first examples of a campaign to not spoil it for others. At the very end of the credits, there was a message that said, be amazed by it, but be quiet about it. That's funny. And they wanted everybody to shut because yeah, yeah, it would totally, totally spo spoil that moment. Yeah, and and it's and it's a great one. And it also uh, spawned a famous story that a man wrote to Alfred Hitchcock and said uh, after seeing Diabolique, 
My mother was afraid to take a bath. And now that she has seen Psycho, she's afraid to take a shower. What should I do? And Hitchcock replied, send her to the dry cleaners. <laughs> so that may or may not be true. <laughs> but it's a good story. They've got you coming with the bath and the shower. And that's our, that's our classic uh, jump scare. Diabolique from 1955, which takes us up to number eight. And this is from 2002. Boy, this is a movie we've talked about a few times yeah. on the podcast. This is The Girl in the Closet from The Ring. Rachel, please. I saw her face. <laughs> That's the first time in this movie where you really have an idea of what you're in for. Because that is a scary film. And it's early. Yeah, it is. It's, it's early. early on. Yeah. It's early on. And we've talked many times about one of the main things this movie does right is make sure that the video is effectively scary. Yeah. Because if you're going to have a video that kills you, it yeah. has to be pretty nasty. And it was. Yeah. And then they also show you, just for that split second, the effect of watching it. And it's it's... It's well done as well. Yeah, and that's not, I mean, that's by no means the only great jump scare in that film. When they, Once they show another face that looks like that, the horse, the horse, that scared the shit out of me. <laughs> of course, Gore Verbinski, it's a, an American remake of a Japanese horror film, and actually, for our money, a better film. Yeah. But a lot of times, uh, those Japanese horror films, they do, the, the, the particular genre does tend to rely on jump scares usually well. And I think that Verbinski just upped it a notch. I mean, I just think that he did a masterful job of the jump scare. And this one, actually, if you watch it frame by frame and stop it at the exact moment that she is scared to death uh, at the beginning, it shows you all the images that appear in the video all at once Ooh. if you watch it frame by frame. So we might have to do that sometime. Uh, we might just you know, have to do have that. Have a few cold pops, and that sounds like a party. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just for a fraction, fraction of a second, and then that, the same effect is repeated at the end of the movie, but only if you do it. Frame by frame. But that is cool. And like you said, later on you see another face mm -hmm. very similar mm -hmm. so that that's the effect of watching this uh, watching this film. Well, and then also the second that Samara breaks the TV screen yeah. and comes out, that's another incredible jump scare that you just didn't expect to see. And that, of course, is not Samara the little girl. That's a man dressed in a long <laughs> wig and a dress, which makes it that much creepier. Um, I love that movie. That is such a fun movie. Yeah. Well, actually, when you first said the ring when talking about this list i thought that was the one you were yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. and you had to remind me because i honestly didn't you said the girl in the closet and for some reason i wasn't remembering that she was in a closet at yeah. the beginning love the ring and love that jump scare and that's number eight and uh, that takes us up to number seven fright club live our favorite jump scares and this is from 2003 under the sink from a tale of two sisters <laughs> the reason we don't clean under the sink anymore <laughs> <laughs> that is really you could study that one it's just a clinic in directing a jump scare it's establishing shots and it's reaction shots until you you know something's coming you just don't know when and you don't know what because a lot of times i'm even more aggravated by all the red herrings when you think something is coming in Oh, it's just the neighbor's cat jumping on my shoulder. And then, of course, comes the real thing. Man, you know it's coming. Hit me with it. And they do. And it's good. Actually, yeah, Kim Ji-Woon is one of our favorites. And we have indeed shown two of his films in Fright Club Live. We showed this, Tale of Two Sisters, and also I Saw the Devil. Uh, one of the reasons I think this jump scare is as effective as it is 
is because the rest of the movie, so unlike The Ring, which is a lot of jump scares, all very well done, there's not another jump scare in the entirety of Tale of Two Sisters. Mm. And so it's so out of place, and you've been lulled into this very weird sort of ghost story kind of a thing that you've got going on, that that just comes out of nowhere. Yeah. And and it also, it's a, it's a pivotal moment in the film, and it, it, it's at the, the end of a, an incredibly, incredibly uncomfortable dinner scene. And the whole scene is just lunacy, and then it's punctuated by the one and only jump scare in the entire film. It's just brilliant. And it doesn't really matter, because throughout the movie, and by the end of the movie, it's pretty ambiguous at times. What's real? Is is she imagining things? Is she not? And, and it doesn't really matter, I don't think, for that jump scare. It doesn't matter or not. It's still scary. That's right. It's very scary, and I'm sure it was scary for Katie. Katie, welcome. She says, Fine, Joe. Tale of Two Sisters was her... First Fright Club Live. Yay! That was one. a good one. And it's so it's another great one to see on the big screen because it's, it's so gorgeous. colorful. Oh my God, it's yeah. such a gorgeous movie. Yeah, it's yeah. so saturated in color. Brandon Thomas, he doesn't think this is going to make the list. The Disney film 8 Below, what do you think? He said it's he peed at the jump scare in 8 Below. Wow. He calls it an all-timer. Uh, no, I don't think it is either. I don't think it's going to uh, make but the list. <laughs> if you peed, that's an effective jump scare. Yes. I think we have a new bar I think so. to set for some of these. Uh, but number seven... <laughs> Is a good one. Under the Sink from A Tale of Two Sisters. And number six, this is one you just, you don't forget. Because oh my God, no. <laughs> you, you don't forget because you don't, you didn't see it coming at all. And it, the after, you're just, for minutes later, you're going, did that just happen? Yes, it did. This is from the 2018 movie Hereditary, The Signpost. Charlie! <laughs> Wow. If you claim wow. that you knew that that was going to happen, no you're way. a liar. And one of the reasons that you didn't, and one of the, the, the brilliant ways they made it even more surprising, was the advertising campaign. You saw her so much in the posters. You assumed she was so, the lead. Yes. It's very reminiscent of what they did uh, years ago for Psycho. Yeah. With Janet Lee, mm-hmm. and everybody thought, well, she's the star. She's going to be in the whole thing. Not so. Right. And in this, you couldn't believe, number one, that she, Charlie, dies, but that she dies in that way. Oh, my God, I know. And then, just as you're trying to deal with that, you see how her brother deals with it in just this stupor. And it sort of makes sense because you're going, what What the hell? Yeah. It just works on so many levels. Oh, my God. Yeah. All of the scenes that follow that moment with him in his bedroom, hearing his mom screaming, oh. and then with that quick image of the ants on her head in the street. Oh, my God. Hereditary is a little bit polarizing as a film. A lot of people think it's just too much. Mm. But, oh, my God, I just thought it was magnificent. Me. So, so did I. I. I loved it. And, yeah. <laughs> I know we're getting a lot of comments. People are working through their trauma. So we're, we apologize for showing it to you again. We're glad to be here for That's you. <laughs> you know, it's just a big, it's people helping people. First of all, to relive their trauma. And then, uh, and then to deal with it. Man, this is just, it's just a moment that's, it's really beyond a jump scare because it deadens your soul. It really does. You're set up to be afraid of her eating eating some peanuts by yeah, mistake. Yeah. And then you get this telephone pole. And then and then like you said, the just horrific after effects. Oh my God. The next morning. Like you said, if anybody tries to say you saw that coming. Lies. 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 So that's surprising. It's only number six. 
Hereditary. The There's si- some good ones. The signpost from 2018. There are some good ones, and we start the top five. This is this is a classic. This is from 1976. Hand from the Grave in Carrie. They lull you with that sleepy, serene music. Oh, it's such a beautiful moment, and then it's not. Yes. Yeah, that was one of the all-time great, you know, stingers. At the, I mean, one of the first times a horror film did that, and then immediately uh, Friday the 13th did it, right, with Jason jumping out of the lake. And it became uh, really incredibly commonplace. And it can be done effective. It's, it's effective in Friday the 13th as well. I don't think it ever, that last moment, terrifying second, I don't think it's ever been done as well as that, that moment in character. And, and to make it even more eerie, I think we've mentioned this before, it was filmed backwards and then run in reverse slow motion just to give it that real, real creepy, eerie, otherworldly effect. And this was one, I have to admit, this was one that was spoiled for me because when it came out, I was 12 years old, so I didn't get to see it in the theater. But by the time I did, I had heard. Mm. I had heard about what happened. Um, so, I mean, it's still effective, mm-hmm. but um, I wish I hadn't have because, yeah, that's a great one. And that is actually Sissy SpaceX hand. She oh, insisted okay. She insisted on doing that and being actually buried for hours at a time to, to stick her. Yeah. Wow. Apparently, she's, you know, um, she's doing it uh, to get her hand up there. And, man. And then it cuts. Of course, it cuts right to her screaming, yeah. you know, bloody murder, which is, uh, is, is even more effective. Yeah, that's, that's one. You can definitely, as you just said, you can definitely see the after effects yes. in other movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It was, uh, it was a standard bearer for a long time. And it is still really creepy. And Sue Snell, really, it was all your fault anyway. You did it. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess you got what you deserve. <laughs> Carrie White burns in hell. A lifetime of nightmares. So that is uh, Carrie from The Grave, number five on our list of favorite jump scares. Ooh, we're getting good now. Well, they've all been good. They have all been good. Moving up to number four from 1999, What's in the Bag audition. I kind of jumped a little bit there, (laughs) (laughs) and I knew it was going to happen. One of the other things I like about this is it does not have a music stab to go along with it. Right. So many do, and I I understand, Mm -hmm. but this one doesn't. It just lets it sit there and be, except for the sound, of course, of the telephone. Yeah. You don't hear anything, and then all of a sudden, it just moves. Yeah, and the way it's shot, you're so preoccupied with, because up until this moment, you know, Asami has been this beautiful little flower of a human being, all <laughs> grace and elegance. And then all of a sudden, it's like her hair is hanging down, and you see the knots in her spine, and this ring, 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 and she's not picking it up. And yeah, you see a burlap bag back there, but you're not making anything of it because it's just a beige burlap bag, whatever. I loved every single second of the movie audition, which is another one that we have shown at Fright Club Live. But after I saw it the first time, that's the only scene I remembered. <laughs> I was like, show freaked out by that moment in that film that I, I had to watch it a second time to remember all of the other reasons to love that movie. Well, because like so many other great moments that for me are even more scary is because your mind fills in what you can't see. Mm. 
you don't know what's in the bag. No. And, and long before what's in the box, there was what's in the bag. <laughs> and you just, you immediately start filling in things like, how long has that been person, has that person <laughs> been in there? Are they going to get out? Just your mind is racing because you don't see it coming. Like you said, she's right. just been such a petite flower. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you just get a quick sense of what she's capable of. And you'll find out of course later, but in that, that moment just says so much for that just a little bit of movement. And the other thing is that it's an, it's a pivotal scene in the film. It's not a throwaway scare. Uh, that's the moment that the entire film moves from being sort of a slow boil May-December romance to a full-blown scare-the-shit-out-of-you horror film. Man, what a moment to turn on. <laughs> that just makes me think, that if I had the, the video editing skills, that the people go in and they recut a trailer to make it a totally different film, <laughs> you can make audition just a May-December romance. Oh. <laughs> Not so much. No. What's in the bag? That is a great one, and that is number four. And our favorite jump scares, audition up to number three. This is when Tom Howard proves to be right. <laughs> number three from 1975, the chum bucket in Jaws. Slow ahead. I can go slow ahead. Come on down and chum some of this shit. Not only a great jump scare, but a great line. A brilliant line. That's all you got to do is say, yeah. you're going to need a bigger boat. Oh, yeah. I, it's just a classic line. And again, like the scene in Audition, this is the, that's the scene that this movie turns on. It's the first time you really get a good look at the shark's mm -hmm. face, mm -hmm. Bruce's head, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and it's, and it's the first time that, that Quint understands for in a second what they're up against. But it wasn't, it was one of two possibilities because you were maybe kind of lobbying yeah. for... Yeah, you know, Ben Gardner's head coming out of the boat. <laughs> Even earlier on, that was a big one. And I know Fright Clubbers, longtime Fright Clubbers, you've heard me tell this story before, but I have a, a, a personal relationship with that scene <laughs> of Ben Gardner's head because we went to see Jaws the opening weekend because we, we saw... By we, you don't mean we. No. No. No, you were but a pup. <laughs> uh, my mom and my brother and I went to see it opening weekend because... We had seen them filming some of the movie uh, when they were filming in Martha's Vineyard. We were vacationing nearby, so we thought, oh, man, that Jaws movie, we've got to see it first week. And so the, the theater was packed, and at the moment that that head rolled out of that boat, whoever was sitting behind me, the guy's popcorn, I ended up wearing it. <laughs> that's how good of a jump scare Ben Gardner's head was. But the chum bucket, that's an all-timer. It is. Because you're right. You're, you're here to see the shark. Yeah. And... He finally lets you see it, and it's such a, a such a great moment. And with again, without a music stab, you right. just hear the waves, and it's more effective for it. It is, and it's interesting, of course, because Jaws is well, the film is well known for its score and for the way Spielberg uses music, and for him to choose not to at that moment, I think, is really speaks highly of. I mean, he turns out he's Steven Spielberg. People didn't really <laughs> know it that much at the time, but he he turns out he's pretty good at and, what he does, and it's also. It's, it's made even better by the character because up until that point, Brody, Brody's scared. He's scared of the water. He doesn't even want to come on the boat. But because they haven't really had any action yet, he's kind of lulled into it. Yeah, I don't care. I'm just throwing this chum. And he does it. And then, boom, you're reminded about how terror. He's reminded as a character 
and you're reminded, you're right back to it. Oh, my God, look at the size of that thing. Yes. And, of course, famously, they, they had a really hard time with the shark, and so they didn't get to show it as much as they wanted to. And, of course, in the end, that turns out to be one of the strongest things that the film has going for it. Are you looking at Derek's comment? What does Derek say? The biggest jump scare for me in Jaws is when Brody poured wine into his whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. Wasting it. <laughs> a lot of love for Jaws in the comments. How can there not be? Right. That's that's one of those. It's got to be in the maybe in the Mount Rushmore, dare I say, of movies that if you're flipping channels and you come across it, you're stopping. You're putting the remote down. That is really true. That is that is super true. I know it works for me. Yeah, I never I never I never flip past Jaws. No way. No. No, it's a classic. The Chum Bucket. Number three in jump scares. Three and a half is the wine and the whiskey. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jaws, that takes us up to, ooh, the top two. That's right, rarefied air. Fighting it out for top two, and this is from 2013, The Bureau, The Conjuring. one does have a music stab but it's okay yeah that one well that's one of the things about about that film james wan really told an old-fashioned ghost story with that one which we hadn't seen in a long time we we'd gotten so used to cgi effects and his are not they're practical effects that's a real person you know sitting up there on top of that on, on top of that dresser and the way it's cut it's like a little bit like you were saying about tale of two sisters i mean it's you know with a girl she just sits directly up and then the other girl turns around and then you see the bureau, you know, from like from really low down these looming doors and she's not up there. And then she is up there. And then and I have a, a personal attachment to this as well, because and I've told this story before. My older sister, Julianne, and I went to see this movie. She likes Catholic horror films. My sister, Julianne, does. And I knew that she would like this one. I just because she when when I was little, my two older sisters would talk about the Amityville horror a lot. So I thought she is going to love The Conjuring. Let's go see this. And um, you have to let Julianne hold your arm like that if you're going to watch a scary movie with her. But she's a very strong human being and near to broke my goddamn arm. And I bruise easily because I am pasty and I had these massive bruises on my arm. But she enjoyed the film. (laughs) But this was another one where we were back and forth as to which would be the jump scares. Because it's another movie as you know that has a lot of, of good choices. And... For me, there's a jump scare that they gave away in the trailer for this movie that had me beyond excited to see it. When we were first seeing the trailer for it, it's the clap hands. Oh, my God. I was in. I was 100% in. Yeah, and I don't know if you had a weak moment. You actually let me break the tie (laughs) between the clap hands and the bureau. And I went, the clap hands, I do like the clap hands. It is a good one. But the bureau, first of all, I love that it is practical effects. Yes. And it also... It all works with the movie establishing the Bureau as a key point mm-hmm. in the house mm-hmm. and a key point in the story because, as you know, they end up going going through there later. But, um, yeah, I, I thought... Into Narnia. Oh, no, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. The Conjuring, and to a lesser extent, The Conjuring 2, mm-hmm. which I think, which is on HBO all the time right, right now. It's probably on right now. Um, so we've been Just seeing, say it. seeing that a lot. <laughs> 
Just say it. My name is Bill Wilkins. He just says it randomly throughout the and day. And this is my house. He just says it all the time now. <laughs> uh, to a lesser extent. <laughs> Conjuring 2 has some good solid jump scares, but this one especially. Even uh, outside when they're the tree branch. Yeah. That's a good one, too. Oh, uh, the first time that the, the covers get pulled down. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's full of men. And actually, in James Wan, so previously he had done Insidious, which is on the on the order of a, of a Haunted House movie as well. It's got some moments. It does. It's got some great yeah. jump scares. It does. Darth it Maul ha- in the background. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Everybody knows what I'm talking yes. about when I say Darth yeah. Maul in the background. Yep. That's a good one. Yeah, that could easily have made this list. Yeah. I mean, I know that it was in the, you know, in the, in the running. Yeah. It just didn't make it in the final countdown. The Bureau works, and three cheers for practical effects. <laughs> um, so that gets us all the way to the top. And I don't know if there was, was there much of a debate? No. This one, man, this one was at the top. From the beginning, this is from 1990, the nurse's station from Exorcist 3. Fell about the place. <laughs> Fell about the place. Oh. You know, it's funny. Exorcist 3 took, what did it take? Like 20 years to catch on. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it is one I think that that in retrospect people love, but I, I don't think it got any due when it came Not out. Not much. And, and it was a weird, weird film full of incredibly creepy moments. That one, obviously. And then as I've told you before, there's earlier than that, there is the voice of the old woman in the confessional. scare. Yeah. Again, Catholic horror, it, it, it hits us hard, us Madden girls. But yeah, that moment in the confessional just killed me. And then where that scene, the creepy guy in the hall, where it ends with that, uh, the statue of Christ without his head on it. I mean, everything about yeah. the way that scene is directed, perfect. Because again, it fills it, you, your mind fills in what you don't see. You know what's going to happen there before they cut. But yeah, it's the establishing shot, almost a, almost a, a Kubrick. Kubrick. Yeah establishing shot of the hallway and they're just going about their business and it sort of lulls you until that moment. And over the years too, I think a bit of an an urban legend has developed around that because you you find a lot of people that think that's Patrick Ewing. Right. No, he's an angel. He is in the movie as so is Fabio. (laughs) But I'll be honest and maybe somebody knows. We looked high and low to try to find the definitive name of the person who plays that, that part and we couldn't really find out for sure right uh, so if you know let us know but we know it's not patrick ewing no and it's not fabio no but it is, it is neither of them man but yeah what an effective chilling chilling jump scare yeah for yeah i think you're right about when it cuts to the uh the statue afterwards right uh makes it as well and it's and of course the angel of death there for lack of a better term is is dressed all in white yeah nurses are in white oh yeah it's so sterile it's so clean of a nurse's station and then so even though you don't see it so bloody it's it's right and i think it's telling that she's, she's got a little red sweater on and everything else is very very white and it's soaked there's no music not until that very last second and it's just that very long kubrickian shot down the hallway with just people quietly going about their business there's a security comes out security guard goes back in she's rattling her keys a little bit it's all very just Lulling. blase, mm-hmm. right? You're just lulled into how long is this scene and when is something? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's all of the ingredients that go into having such a, a, a great jump scare. And uh, yeah, Brandon and Cicely agree. 
Hands down, the favorite scene. Good. We appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Brandon says, because William Peter Blatty, yeah. the author of the original book, yes. directed that movie. And that's yeah. a good comment. Brandon says, I wish he had directed more. He did that in the ninth configuration. I have not seen the ninth configuration. Yeah, it's not nearly as good as this. But the other thing, and but I was thinking the same thing, Brandon. Actually, you know, uh, when you talk about that scene, and it's not just that scene, the compositions of the scenes throughout this film, mm -hmm. uh, they're they're really remarkable. And one of the things that you can say about the original Exorcist, the composition, first everything is outdoor and it's very, very big and expansive and the people are very small. And then as it gets closer and closer to this claustrophobic, we're in a small bedroom with a Satan, you know, everything gets smaller and the people get bigger and it, he tightens everything because he knew what he was doing. But Blatty, this was the first thing he directed and it yeah. is it is a remarkably assured work for a first time filmmaker. I think you're right. If you look back to the reaction it got when it first came out, it was not very good. It wasn't. Not very positive, no. but it's one that has grown in stature over the years. And certainly that scene has, has yes. grown because everybody remembers that one. It's a great one. And it is number one on our jump scare list for this edition of Fright Club Live. So, man, it was fun. It, it was. was fun thinking about them. And we, we appreciate all the votes for making this the uh, topic right. this week. So uh, looking forward to comments, more comments coming in tonight. And, of course, more comments on Twitter, but we got some actually have some very cool stuff coming in, in the weeks ahead. We do. So the very next Fright Club, one of the other options, right, on our on our poll was college horror. And that came in second. And so what we're gonna do is record that next with author and educator at North Carolina State and podcaster and blogger Gordon Maples, friend of ours. And we're going to record one on college horror, so that'll be the next one. We also have filmmaker and author Sam Kolesnik. She's going to join us in a couple of weeks, and we're going to record, finally, a countdown on grief and horror, which, you know what, it might sound like a bummer, but you'd be surprised what great movies really tread on the horror that kind of commingles with grief. And then out a little bit later, we are going to have director George Popov on to talk about dark ages in horror. He directed the film Hex. And then the one that just came out a couple of weeks ago, The Droving, and he's going to join us. We're going to talk about Dark Ages. But the next Fright Club Live, which will be the oh. 10th, right, June 10th. All those sound good. I'm going to listen to those. Okay, good. Yeah, those yeah. sound pretty good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, June 10th will be the next Fright Club Live, and it will probably be right back here on Vimeo. Yeah. Uh, with Grace and Serenity at the controls. That's right. Thank and, you, by the way, Grace and yeah, Serenity. Yeah, great Excellent job. Excellent job. But we don't know the topic quite yet, so we'll probably do another Twitter poll. That's right. That's right, because our lives were all connected to the film that we were going to show, you know, and so so we didn't have any set up for like a B, a B roll. So we're going to do another poll to see yeah. what the live event should be. Yeah. And Pine of Joe's suggestion, a dollhouse, that'll be in the poll. Okay. That'll be one of the options. So that'll be coming up soon. And as always, speaking of Twitter, you can uh, find us and keep the conversation going easily. You can find us on Twitter at Fright Club Pod, also on Facebook and Instagram. It's Mad Wolf Columbus and the main website where you can find all of our written reviews and our other weekly podcasts, just about all the new movies that come out called The Screening Room. You can find that all the main website, which is madwolf.com. Yes, you can. We're going to talk about Capone. Who oh, wants to yeah. see Tom Hardy poop his pants? <laughs> we did. It's, an, it's, an, it's a very intimate portrait. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Thanks so much, guys. Yes, we appreciate it. Until next time, she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And this is the Fright Club Podcast. Stay frightful, my friends. My name is Bill Wilkins. <laughs> this is my podcast. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. And stay frightful, my friends.